five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. everybody um sorry for the uh little bumpy takeoff there but it was a rough night last night let me just tell you it was a rough night you ever have one of those feelings in the middle of the night where you wake up in your sleep or from your sleep and you think you're going to die that's where i was last night it was not great but a voice in my head told me you're going to be all right. Just get through to the morning. And guess what? I'm here. And like a soldier, like a fucking soldier, I'm back. The Virgo in me shall not be denied. What's going on, everybody? Uh, it's a little hyperbolic, but it's true. I did not have a very good night last night. I don't know what it was, the combination of whatever I had earlier in the day, in the night, before I went to bed. It, I woke up at about one o'clock in the morning after about an hour and a half of sleep. And I was in a, I was in a cold sweat. It was just very intense, very intense for about an hour. And I managed to like, figure some things out internally and um, supplementally. And then I managed to uh, pull it back together, but it was, uh, it was a hairy ride there. Very hairy ride. Not something I want to go through again anytime soon. Let's put it that way. Let's hope I get my gummies this weekend because that's probably the missing link here is the gummies. And uh, that's uh, the gummies have been absent now for about two weeks, and I've been getting I've been getting by and having some pretty good sleep. But man, I was out of it last night in a big way. Anyway, we're here now, and we're here to talk about other things, and primarily, we're going to talk about a strange spate of stories and rumors about the death of Donald Trump. And other things. Uh, but before I do that, you know, there's things that I have to do. I have to talk about our sponsor of the show, which is True Hemp Science. And it's like, oh, yeah, let, let the guy who almost died last night, I'm being hyperbolic, uh, talk about his sponsor. Well, the missing ingredient was the gummies. And I'm not saying the gummies are my lifeline, but they've been a very important part of my sleep regimen and I haven't had them around for about two weeks. So I've been uh, leaning on a little bit of melatonin 
uh, and a little bit of kratom before I go to bed. And usually it's worked on, for whatever reason, last night, yeah, wasn't the winning ticket. So when I get the gummies back, which should be this weekend, I'm looking forward to a nice, smooth, uninterrupted glide path into sleep. So True Hemp Science is uh, the sponsor of the show. And uh, this has been nothing but a positive partnership from head to toe, start to finish. Everybody's benefited from it. Chris from THS, uh, everybody in the Chatari community has been benefiting from it. Me personally, uh, in terms of how the products have affected me and also, um, you know, the relationship I have with Chris, just in terms of being a sponsor, but it's been great. It's been a 360 win all the way around. And I know that uh, if he could reach out to you and say, thank you for supporting the product, he would. And guess what? I'll be in Austin, not this Friday, but the following Friday. And uh, I'll have Chris on the show. We'll talk. Uh, We'll have some FaceTime and we'll get to talk about the product and the experience and everything that goes along with it. And hopefully by then uh, my streaming cameras will be ready and I, I can do like one shots, two shots, wide shots. It'll be an interesting experiment in how to produce like a, a live stream from multiple angles. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, you'll get to know Chris a little bit better as well. We've had him on before and he's a great guy. Totally great guy. If you're up in the Dallas area this weekend, I think he's going to be at some sort of a expo or show in the Dallas area. I'll try to find out more details. And uh, I don't, I don't know if it's just for industry people or if it's for, the general public. If it's for the general public, I'll find out and um, I'll let you guys know because I know that there's a, a fair amount of people up in the Dallas area that wouldn't mind probably meeting him and hanging out and see what else is available uh, in his world with THC and also the other vendors and things like that. So we'll find out more about that later. Anyway, the gummies are back in stock and I highly recommend them. So here's the deal with True Hemp Science. If you spend $100 or more, you get free product. All you have to do is go to truehempscience.com backslash ref backslash 23, truehempscience.com backslash ref backslash 23. And when you go to the checkout, 15MINS, that is the code. And that's how Chris will know where you're coming from and what you're going to get in terms of your little goodie bag and product bonus. And if you spend $150 or more, you will get free shipping. So there you go. There's the true hemp science. And I am really looking forward to the return to gummy land this weekend. So how'd you like that track? Donnie Hathaway. I, you know, I've been wanting, I love that piece of music and I've been wanting to play that on this show for a while. There's no video accompaniment that goes along with that. Like there's no version of Donnie Hathaway doing that live. There's no kind of video montage of somebody taking like stills from Donny Hathaway's musical career, adding in some interesting imagery, Valdez in the country. I remember when I discovered that song, um, I was in my twenties. So that was way back in the 1980s. And I thought to myself, wow, this is a really great piece of music. And when you go, go back into Donny Hathaway's catalog, um, he's insanely talented. Like the Donny Hathaway story, is one of just somebody who has way too much 
talent in some ways. And then something happens to him, something, I don't know, Donnie snapped and he was always, you know, he comes from a, a that, that kind of deep South, you know, Christian church background, you know, the choir, uh, you know, playing the organ in the church. I mean, that's where a lot of these very successful singers and performers from the 60s, 70s, 80s, up through the 90s got their chops uh, because that, that's what their upbringing was. Marvin Gaye was the son of a, a Baptist, uh, I guess, Baptist preacher. And the Baptist preacher killed him. Uh, Al Green, again, coming from that background. So Donnie Hathaway, that's the world he comes from as well. And when you listen to his catalog, there's nothing else like that song in his catalog. It's not that it's not good. He's very soulful, very, very soulful. And uh, his, I think his most famous song, and I almost played it this morning, was is uh, Where Is the Love with Roberta Flack. It's a beautiful song. And there is a rendition of them doing that live. And they harmonize so well together. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. So Donny Hathaway is kind of the master of the ballad, uh, the soulful ballad. And, but then he stepped out for that one track, Valdez in the Country. And it's really clear that Donny Hathaway could have been a great jazz artist. I mean, that is one of the, that is like borderline funk, jazz fusion greatness. It's not incredibly electrified, but electrified enough that you know it's kind of coming from a different place. And then the grooves in that record are just just insane. So I wanted to start us off with a really good track, in spite of the fact that we didn't see any visuals. All right, let's get into um, who's here today. Do some shout outs, and then we're going to get into the meat of the show. And I had no idea what I was going to do this morning until I sat down and uh, I actually watched a bit of Mark Dice, who I actually, I like Mark Dice. He's one of the few people, I've, Mark Dice has been around for a long, long time. And I don't, if, if you don't know the history of Mark Dice, um, Mark really got his start back in the day when he would do basically prank phone calls for a C-SPAN. Oh, shit. This whole thing happened again with the fucking chat. My apologies. I don't know why it has done this, but it has done this. Let me go in here. Give me one sec, folks. For all you people listening on uh, on the podcast, what I'm doing right now is I'm having to reinsert some code so people can actually chat. And I can actually see this while they're chatting. That, that's very helpful on my end. So let's see. There we go. Do we have the chat? We just have related videos. Where is the chat? Let's try this. This is really weird. This is very, very strange. I don't know why. Uh, here it is right there. Okay. All right. It's not a conspiracy against you, Robert. Back off the conspiracy crack pipe. Hold on. We're almost there. And there we are. Da, 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 
There it is. All right. We got it. We got it hooked up. Here's my man, Michael. What's going on, Michael? Good to see you. Sony. When did this place become Chatville? Am I in a parallel universe? There's a man, Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Fran. Hi, CC. Fantastic. There's Ryan. There's C Pines. Ola, right back. Uh, who else do we have? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Queen Lisa. Good morning, Queen Lisa. Hacklebuck 411. What's up, Hook? What's up, Hook? Uh, Maurice 100. MSM reported that? Yes. It was all over the news yesterday. Rumors of the political figure's demise gained traction on Monday after RIP Donald Trump Facebook page attracted nearly 1 million of likes. What did I talk? So this is what I wanted to talk about. I actually talked about this on Sunday night show. When I got into Trump's chart, we'll get into it later. This is, this is a big topic of the day. Um, let's see who else we have here. It's the old Trump who dies. He will be revived better than ever. Yes. He's been spending the last three months on a med bed. Likely in three days too. You all know that one. Let's see who else we have here. Loki, Loki. Uh, Elon Musk reveals how Democrat, how Donald Trump can return to Twitter. He, I don't think Trump will come back to Twitter. Because he has his own platform now, which is uh, Truth Social, is that what it's called? And apparently he has contractual obligations, o- almost like it's an exclusive. You know, like when an artist signs a record deal that they can't sign with any other label. So I think Trump has an exclusive with Truth Social, which means that even though he can be reinstated at Twitter, there's a very good chance he won't be at Twitter unless, of course, he can convince his investors because you know that Trump didn't use any of his money to create Truth Social. People with money never invest their own money. (laughs) And if they do, it's a modicum of their own money. They get other people to invest their money. So if there's a loss in the business or the enterprise, they're not taking the L, right? So maybe he negotiates a deal to pop up on Twitter every now and then to promote Truth Social. But if you're Elon Musk, why would you want to do that? Would you think that whatever number of views that Trump is going to get on Twitter will somehow offset the potential redirect to true social. And he's already in a battle right now with Twitter's legacy advertisers. Because some are pulling out. I mean, the whole thing to me is just reeks of just mass stupidity, which is where we are in terms of this, you know, collective kind of sheep moment where, you know, the the shepherd points his hand here or points his hand there. And that's where all the sheep go. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculously stupid. 
just because Elon Musk has bought Twitter, now it's going to become 4chan. It's, it's very little will change. Very, very little will change at Twitter. I'm telling you, you might be able to get away with using the N-word or whatever, whatever expletive. You might get away with that a bit more, but I just don't, I don't see it becoming anything remotely different. I'll, here, I'll tell you why. And then we get back into the, uh, the greetings. Paul Singer of uh, Vanguard, which is, which is his, basically his hedge fund, right? Paul Singer of Vanguard purchased 10 million shares of Twitter. This is before Musk. And Paul Singer, that's, that's a significant amount. I think he had something like 11 or 12% stake in Twitter. And in, those, in that world, that's a lot. So Paul Singer made this huge investment in Twitter. Now, Singer was at one point in time a donor to the campaign of Donald Trump, not because he has any real fondness for Trump. Uh, it's because Singer has an agenda, always an agenda, which is more domination, more growth, more control, more domination, more growth, more control. And eventually he parted ways with Trump. I mean, ideologically, they went in a different direction. And the reason why is because even though Trump has never, ever, ever once uttered an anti-gay or anti-homophobe or, or homosexual slur, I, I don't understand this. I mean, this, this is the part that I really don't understand about the whole Trump thing. I, I've been through the Trump record. I've been through the videos. I've gone down that rabbit hole and looked at a lot of what he said. He's never made it anti-gay or anti-homophobe or anti-homosexual comment. It has never happened. He's never made an anti-trans comment. One of his best buddies is Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, th so this whole slander of Trump as being, you know, anti-gay or anti-trans it's, it's just fucking ridiculous i mean that thing doesn't uh, that thing doesn't just it doesn't float right it just it just doesn't float so paul singer's son happens to be gay right and even though trump has never said any of these things the commonly held belief is that that's what he stands for so his son who will at some point take over Vanguard uh, for Paul Singer probably had a lot to say about that. And then there was a big rift between Trump and Singer and eventually they patched it up. I don't think they're Singer doesn't really care who he puts his money behind, but what he did do, what Paul Singer did do, and I've talked about this before in the show is he, he got behind something called a unit 8,200, which is a very, highly specialized unit in Israel that is an offshoot of the IDF, um, which is, stands for Israeli Defense Force. So what they did is they, being the Israeli command, looked around at who the savants were inside the IDF, like who's got 
the the highest um, cyber intelligence, AI, computer engineering acumen. They fingered those guys and they plucked them out. And they said, you, you are going to be a specialized group and this is what you're going to only work on. This is your only focus, which is this world, the computers, the interface, the neural networking, everything, right? So that was the Israelis' version of creating the super soldier. But it wasn't the super soldier that could walk through walls. It was the super soldier that could create a technology that could literally walk through your wall and be in your space and observe you without even you knowing. I mean, so that's where they put their money, right? And they've been working on Project 8200 for I don't know, about five or six years now. And then what Singer has been doing is he's actually taking American taxpayer dollars and creating his um, feeder system. So his, his, his plan, it's not even a plan, it's, it's what he's done, his blueprint, is to take people who have served their time through their Unit 8200 training and then put them into some semi-corporate training and then insert them in corporations around, around the United States and have them hired as um, CTOs or have them hired as, you know, uh, significant project leads. And Paul Singer, 12% of Twitter. Do you think that any project unit 8200 guys wound up in Twitter? I guarantee you they did. 100%. That's his program. So if that's true, do you think that Paul Singer is just going to say, well, gee, Elon, thanks for the money. We're going we're gonna to pull our guys out now. No, that's not the case at all. A lot of those engineers, the ones that are grandfathered in will still be there because Twitter serves a very important role in terms of a lot of different things, scraping data, scraping demographics, um, and promoting certain algorithms and creating an engine of seething fury. That's really, I think, Twitter's main objective. Twitter might be the greatest producer of louche in the Western world with TikTok being a close second. So I just don't think Trump is going to come back, at least on Twitter. And if he does, it may be a few vanity tweets every month, but he's invested in truth social and and again, from an advertising standpoint, if Elon Musk is truly there to make money, which is highly doubtful, but we'll just play along with the with the plan, then he's not going to um, jeopardize his bottom line by bringing Trump back. Every, every, almost every sponsor, every advertiser on Twitter will just will leave, except for the ones like my pillow, and they'll stay. All right. Um, let's see who else do we have the gaslighting is coming from every direction yes it is what's going on steve it's been a while how are you brother good to see you uh you guys like you guys like the uh 
the Valdez in the country. It's a good tune, man. I love that. I had the same at bedtime, Robert. Oh, Miss Nakia chiming in. Um, goodness, you ain't going to die anytime soon. Uh, the, yeah, last night was nothing like I've ever experienced. It, it, it was nothing like I've ever experienced. It was not good. And look, I know I have some issues medically. I have high blood pressure, which I'm doing everything in my power to work on and, you know, try to rein in and get under control, whatever. Um, it's probably my, my biggest, my biggest issue. But this, this, this wasn't like anything I've ever experienced. I mean, I don't usually freak out, you know, cause I've had some moments last night. I was on the edge of freak out. And, um, and then I ultimately knew what to do and I knew how to like pull through the moment. And I did. And I knew that when I got here, um, it would be better. And so, that is true. Yes, I'm glad I'm better too. Queen Lisa, very agitated last night. Eclipse, no joke. I'm glad I'm here too. Uh, I started to Spotify my playlist last night, so I got very little sleep also. Gummy withdrawal. Could be, although I've been doing okay. Um, but yesterday, uh, hopefully it's an outlier. Uh, let's see. Gummies are good for cerebral, cerebral people. Yes. I'm adding tryptophan to my sleep regimen too. Tryptophan is good. Yeah. You see the chat. I, I couldn't see the chat though. Nicholas Grimm in the house. What's going on, Nicholas? Tondar is here too. Michael. What's going on, Michael? Uh, they just can't revive one of his cr uh, clones. Something's different about Trump. How come Don Jr. never got booted from Twitter? I don't know. We never see Don Jr. anymore either, do we? I'm surprised nobody has used social media to fake his own death and resurrection. I think J Jesse Smollett tried that. It didn't work so well. Hey, Cappy Carey. Are you leaving? You just got here. Loving the moon dust of my coffee. Yes, I agree. $8 for blue check. I'd heard it was 20. Did it go down? Did it go down? All right. We'll take 20. We'll start at 20. We'll take eight. Whenever you ask a Trump hater, they cannot ever come up with even one concrete issue. Uh, well, this Trump is one of the greatest psychological operations ever made, ever. The apprentice was good. Hi, Miss Mary Lee. I don't think it was a panic attack. No, I know what that. I know what that's like. I know what it's like. Scrubby's been awake since five a.m. Whatever keeps blood pressure down in terms of diet and exercise would be most appreciated. Well, you know, I've I've dove into the blood pressure topic uh, head first. <laughs> And it's so you uh, from the, the pharmaceutical level, you have blood pressure meds, which are just basically beta blockers, and they will fuck you up. 
they'll fuck you up. They don't really, they don't really improve the vascularity of you know what's going on in your your veins, arteries, capillaries, etc. Uh, what they do is the beta blockers mute your mental response to agitation in your environment. And it's through the modulation of the agitation that theoretically your blood pressure goes down. That's what they are. They're beta blockers. So it doesn't really improve your blood pressure. All it does is it acts as like a screen or a filter from pressure or tension in the everyday world. And there's, there's sidebacks or sidebacks, sidebacks. Um, side effects for that. So there's that. And if you don't do the traditional route, there's usually pretty much one traditional route. Then you have to go to the lifestyle route. And the lifestyle route is almost always zero salt. Like you can't have salt, which I don't necessarily agree with, um, but that's part of it. Um, the other part is doing exercise. Like you have to do cardio every day in order to keep your veins, arteries, capillaries moving, right? You have to do that. Then you have a whole bevy of supplements that you can take. Vitamin C to rebuild your arteries, magnesium, potassium, a little bit of calcium. Those are all big players in that world. Um what else? Beets, beet juice, anything related to beets. Again, uh, NO, nit nitric oxide, um, vasodilators. Um, these all play a role. Like, I know all this shit. Trust me. It's all in my medicine cabinet. All of it. And I take almost all of it. I even have, like, uh, this thing that... Um, that I get from my functional med med medical doctor, which is for high blood pressure, but it is not a beta blocker. So there are all those things, right? The other thing, and this is really what my theory around high blood pressure is, especially now, is that we've been sucking in almost 30 years worth of chemtrails. And what's inside the chemtrails? Heavy metals, aluminum, manganese, iron oxide, um, copper, like all those heavy metals, and they're all in our bodies. And the heavy metals have had a very strong connection to high blood pressure. And one of the landmark studies that happened around uh, the relationship between metals and high blood pressure was a freak um, relationship between a doctor and when I say freak, it's not like he's Dr. Frankenstein, but it was just something this doctor noticed. He was treating um, a lot of Vietnamese men because they were in the uh, fishing industry in Houston. A lot of the uh, Vietnamese relocated to Houston after the war. Um, so there's a very big Vietnamese community in Houston. And so what they, what did they do? They, they did what they did in Vietnam, which is get, you know, get fish, get shrimp. So that's what they were doing. And he was seeing a lot of these Vietnamese men as patients. And one of the things that he noticed was a high degree of variance in their blood pressure. 
And he, he was really kind of stumped. Like, why is it that one day their blood pressure is at this level and maybe the next week it's down at this level? And then you know, he'd ask questions like, what did, what did you have for lunch? And it was usually the ones that would come in after lunch. What did you have for lunch? Oh, pho, which I've called pho, but it's like his pho. And one is, what is one of the main ingredients of pho? It's cilantro. So he made the deduction that it was the cilantro in the pho, which was chelating them. So that by the time they got to him in the afternoon as a patient, they basically had peed out their excess metals. And as a result, their blood pressure went down. So that's another thing is all these metals that have been floating around inside of us for the last 30 years. So if you can do a metal detox, which is really got to be the next thing I'll have to do, that would be something that I would recommend. But you really want to be very careful with metal detoxes. Um, let's see. We should all be up in our magnesium. Good call. Good call, Lisa. Trace mineral drops. I agree. Um, screw beta blockers. You, yes, I agree. Beta blockers are no solution. All they do is mediate your response to stress. Has nothing to do with blood pressure. Nothing to do with it at all. I was on it for two weeks and that was it. I was done. You know, I was actually, um, was actually hospitalized. This is, this was one of the, it was, it was, it was kind of a scary moment, but, um, I was actually hospitalized. Thanks, Ch Chataria. I'm going to, I'm going to get into the, the meat of the show here. Um, I was actually hospitalized in 20, I guess it was what, 16? I think 2016. Uh, and I, I remember going to, I was supposed to go to Gaia and do a show with Regina. And I was just having this brutal time sleeping. Felt like I had this nasal infection. And I'm like, God, this nasal infection is driving me up the wall. So I went to one of those little standalone places that they have hidden in Walgreens. You know, like there's a door by the pharmacy. Well, behind that door is an office. And basically it's it's like enough for a nurse practitioner and one person to sit down. So I, somebody told me about it. I went there and the nurse practitioner um, got my blood pressure and she freaked out. And so she called an ambulance. Uh, she said, you're about to stroke out. And that was 1996. And here we are, 2022, six years ago from that point and I didn't want to take the ambulance I'm like no I'm not going to do that so you can basically say no but I did drive myself to the hospital um, because I, I was at that point I was concerned and I had to cancel my show with Regina I said look you know, I'm going to the hospital I can't make it so we rescheduled it wasn't a big deal um, so I spent three days in the hospital and that was a very interesting experience. They could not get my blood pressure down. Like they just couldn't. I was on a saline IV to, you know, that's what they do. And I think like day two, the doctor walks in. He's like, we can't get your blood pressure down. I mean, this is with all their shit at their disposal. They started giving me Valium. 
eventually they got it down to a reasonable level. And I think they started to introduce the beta blockers. I was in there for three days and it took them a day and a half to actually get my blood pressure. And this is in a medical environment using everything, every tool at their disposal. So that was that, right? And they sent me out with the prescription for beta blockers. And I don't think, I, they gave me, I think, a, you know, two or three weeks supply and I went through them and that was it. I was done with that. All right. Um, let me get into the story here. And let me let me play you um, this Mark Dice video because it talks about what I'm talking about today. Let's just go into this part here. One sec. All right, here it is, right here. I'm just going to go right into the story. All right, here. So, this is going to be the reference point. And I actually like Mark Dice. He, he got to start by calling in C SPAN and prank prank calling them about the Illuminati and secret societies when he had, um, and it was usually a C-SPAN show where they had an author on. And that's really how he cut his teeth. And eventually he moved on to the stuff on uh, Venice Beach where he did a lot of his interviews. All right, here's what he has to say about Trump and this whole death thing. And right now, the moment that I'm Okay, this is, all right, this is an important talking point. Astrologically, Trump's midheaven is conjunct Algol, which I have talked about. Algol being the star of uh, decapitation, also known as the Medusa star. And let's see what we have here. No sound in the video. All right, let me go back. Thanks, Ryan. You know, this fucking happens sometimes, part of my language. Pardon, pardon, pardon my French. That's what my parents used to say. My mother, pardon my French. Oh, do the French swear? Yeah, you see, again, this is a, another one of these. 
get off my lawn moments because I actually had this teed up and the ability to listen to it. Let's try it again. On my end, there it was. This video. The hashtag Trump is you tell me if you can hear that. I clicked and unclicked the box. If it's a problem, I'll, I'll have solution number three. After seeing it trending and then finding out that it was fake news, a lot of them are just posting fake news screenshots like this fake article from CNN, which I guess all CNN articles are fake, but this is an extra fake one. Donald Trump dead at 76. So a bunch of fake headstones, more fake screenshots and fake articles of them fantasizing about Donald Trump being dead, but they left a dozen engage in heated, violent rhetoric that might incite a lunatic to act out, do they? During the 2020 summer riots for George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, or Antifa, brought a guillotine and put a life-size Donald Trump effigy, a doll, in the guillotine right outside of the White House. And I was actually surprised that Newsweek covered this, but doesn't mean anybody even knows about it. Newsweek virtually gets no traffic. They're on the verge of bankruptcy. But there is video footage of it. This is literally right outside of the White House. Well, this isn't inspiring any violence. This isn't violent at all. Just the president of the United States at the time being put in a guillotine right outside of the White House. Now, could you imagine if that was the quote-unquote MAGA people doing that to Joe Biden? <laughs> I mean, you got to be fucking kidding me. And yet it's okay to go ahead and dump on Trump. Now, astrologically, you know, Trump has algal conjunct his midheaven at uh, 25 Taurus. And... I've talked about this before, Algol being the, the star related to uh, decapitation, right? And there were two images in the uh, Trump presidency, which were symbolic of that. You had the Kathy Griffin image with the decapitated head. You had a guillotine right outside of the White House. So you can see his astrology on display. But there's something going on now. Because I did talk about this on Sunday night show, and I was looking at these aspects, and I'm like, what did I what did I say? I said, I said, I would not be surprised if something happens to Trump during this period. It's the return of Trump, but it is not necessarily the return of him in an active sense. And I even talked about on Sunday night how there was the potential of Trump being scapegoated uh, and really taking on this image of the martyr. And one day later, all of this is coming out, right? Like Trump, Trump is dead, Trump, it goes viral, right? So that in and of itself may be fake news, but is there something more to it? Could it be predictive programming? Do they know something that we don't know? Could it be a digital spell casting like speaking it into existence, which is what the youth talks a lot about. You're going to speak it into existence. Could this be part of it? There's something very sinister about what went down yesterday with that. Now, there's another part to this. And again, we're kind of off into the deep realm of speculation. But I had a conversation with a woman at 
the event who um, is, what do you call it? A constituent, um, somebody, somebody who, I always fuck up the name. Uh, she's an elector for the state of Michigan. So when they go to Washington and count the vote, she's the one, she's one of the people from Michigan that does it. She's also involved in uh, Republican politics. Nice person. Um, been around the game a lot. And she said that the last time Trump was in Michigan, which wasn't that long ago, she said that something just wasn't there. Right. Something just wasn't there. Something was he didn't he didn't have it, whatever the it was. And does that mean that 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 uh, you know through all the kind of the 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 grind? I mean, I, I mean, I just don't know anybody who could humanly take on what he theoretically took on over that four year period. I just don't know anybody. I mean, you you know, yesterday I played that song, Season of the Witch. Apparently, he had a whole army of witches casting spells against him. I mean, the the vitriol and the hate and the um, outright um, assault on him and his family and the people that supported ideas that he ultimately became a symbol for. I don't necessarily think he himself supported those ideas completely because that's not the world that he comes from. Like, even though <clears throat> there's this idea that, you know, he's a self-made man. I, I, you know, I, I don't think Donald Trump has really done a hard day's work of labor in his life. I really don't. And a lot of people who are positions of power and authority and influence, a lot of them haven't. They're born into a world where they take on administrative roles and essentially what they do is they make decisions and they hire people to do the heavy lifting and they sit back and they listen and, you know, he gets his prognostications from George and, you know, what's the, what's the net revenue on this, right? When, when do we expect to, you know, uh, get out of the, out of the red? When do we hit net revenue after investment? You know, what are the costs of the insurance and all this other bullshit, right? I mean, that's what he does. He sits back and he says, okay, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. Oh, I've worked with that guy before. He's a pain in the ass. He wants to get paid after 60 days, work with these guys. They're willing to wait till 90 plus. And they're not quite as good, but they're good. I mean, that's this is what these people do. Very rarely do you see them like, hey, you know, here I am digging my first post hole for the building that my father is uh, putting together. That usually doesn't happen. But that said, um, I do think that that Trump, because of all the cancer planets in his chart, has a better feel for the quote-unquote common man that other so-called elites have demonstrated in the past. And he doesn't speak like an elite. Obama spoke like an elite. He was incredibly articulate. Trump doesn't, Trump doesn't speak that way. 
he's coarse he's gruff um you know he's he's funny he does parodies of people right i mean those are things that common people relate to those are things that that the blue collar belt of america relate to which is why he became popular he became their bully and i talked about this on quite frankly the other night he became their bully and what's really interesting about that whole process is that if you look at the silent majority in this country, which has been around for a long time, uh, and the silent majority had the revenge in 2016 by electing Trump. And I do think there was weird stuff going on with that election all the way up to the time that they declared him winner. Maybe I'll get into that a little bit, but the, the thing that really um, tricked the pollsters was that when they would call people or they would pull them about who they're going to vote for, uh, the silent majority and even members of like the baby boomers who did not want to incur any more wrath or backlash around their choice, they either lied or they, they were undecided. They were not going to let on who they were going to vote for. So when the actual vote came, it was uh, an avalanche of people who had shut their mouths, right? I mean, even the, the, the best pollsters, the ones who'd been right, like 95% of the time were wrong. They, they just didn't see it coming. I think the LA Times might've gotten it right. I got it right. I, I said he was going to win. In the astrological community, I might have been the only one, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I, I remember that night. I was with Emily and Randy. Not physically, but I was on their show. And it was that was such a funny night. Um, because I, I didn't have any video. And I think it was my first time on Off Planet. It was a really great show. I mean, it was one of those... One of those epic shows and i was riding my bicycle around in east austin at night i had a lot to work out <laughs> and i would do this you know it's, i would throw my bike in the back of my truck and i you know i actually i used to love riding around cities like late at night not late at night but at night on my bike and watching you know all the nightlife and cruising around and at, at that point i think it was way out in east austin and i was scheduled to do a show and i forgot and Emily sent me a text. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to do this show. So I pulled into this uh, brewery in East Austin. And I just said, hey, I just, I just have audio here. And they're like, okay, we'll do this. And so I started there um, doing the show there. I had my headphones and everything. Of course, I was listening to music. But then I continued to do the show while I was riding my bike at some point. And this was, I think it was on 910. Uh, 2016 and we were all we were talking about Hillary and I said I wouldn't be surprised if she died I wouldn't be surprised if she died and then the next day 9-11 that whole weird thing happens uh, you know at 9-11 she collapses goes into the medivan and she comes out and it's like this is a different fucking person and it was that night I said, yeah, when Trump, when Trump becomes president 
and Randy says, are you, Randy asked me, are you, are you predicting he's going to win? I said, well, I just did. So yeah, he's going to win. So that was on nine ten, and you know, two months later they would have the election and that would be true. Right. So getting back to Trump and there, and I talked about this, I think Sunday night, it was in 2020 at the event and we got word that Trump came down with COVID and was hospitalized. And I just remember at that point in time feeling like Kennedy had been shot. Not that Trump was my Kennedy. Trust me, he wasn't my Kennedy. But I felt that. There was something about that moment, which at that point in time was really disturbing. And I just remember looking at Steve Kremi like, this is not good. And he kind of understood that. We talked about it a little bit. And, and of course, you know, I, I talked about this on Sunday night, three days later, the resurrection. But there's something off about Trump and has been off for a while. And we have to ask ourselves, why would he continue to talk about the vaccine? When the vaccine, the receipts are in, and if I was associated with that, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that. By the way, you notice he's not talking about it anymore. And people have asked, well, why would he do this? Is he egotistical? Is he narcissistic? Well, maybe he's been programmed to talk about the vaccine. And maybe that's not really Trump. And I'm just throwing that out there. Because there was a period where they went, they being the Trump family, went to where? Camp David. And in conspiratorial lore, Camp David was the place where you would go to get replaced. Like they had the whole replacement cloning center there. And I've, I studied this shit in the 90s, right? And I'm like, what? The Trump family is going to Camp David? That is really weird, right? But then you factor in my talk with this woman, Reggie, who said he just doesn't seem the same. He doesn't really have it. Of course, if, if somebody's a clone, they don't have the spark of life. They're, they don't have it. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying that this is what's going on, but when you add all these things up, you know, you're, you're looking, you're, you're asking different questions. And the simulation one day after I brought this up on my show, it's all over the MSM. This is what they're talking about. So what are we really dealing with here? Gaslighting? Truth, predictive programming, the um, the metrics of the simulation, right? The 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 instant manifestation of the simulation. This is all very weird stuff. Very very weird stuff, and it is circulating now. Um, 
in the new sphere. New sphere being N E W S S P H E R E N O O S E P H E R E and also N O O S P H E R E, the new sphere, um, which is a concept about uh, the band around the earth, which contains the accumulated uh, information of our thoughts, feelings, memories, et cetera, et cetera. Something that was popularized by Teilhard de Chardin. Okay, um, I want to switch gears a little bit, but still stay in the same lane. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Paul Pelosi thing. And I was at dinner last night with uh, Lady Artemis and Bubba. And we were talking about the state of the world, which we almost always uh, will will uh, start to orbit around. And again, this is this is my deepest held conviction. And you know, you have to test your own deeply held convictions. If you don't test your deeply held convictions, you're not you're not doing the work, right? Whether they're deeply held convictions that have an outcome that is negative or positive, you have to test them. My deeply held conviction is that whoever they are, and let's just say for the sake of attaching a face to a name, uh, Yuval Harari, Klaus Schwab, uh, Bill Gates, you, you, you know who the... Uh, the the league of extraordinary criminals are uh, Vanderlyn of the EU, right? These people ultimately will not be successful at what they are planning on doing, which is thrusting us into uh, the you know the reset, right? The fourth industrial revolution and we all know what that to, to the best of our ability what that looks like bugs worms social credit scores digital id digital surveillance uh the end of petroleum uh force austerity less 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 people right that's it's like it's all out there at that level right we we know that and by the way they will happily create that reality for us if we uh, number one, let them. And number two, um, well, I guess it's all just one and two, consent. If we consent to that, we'll do it. I'm like, oh, look, look. You know, when, when they go to uh, Congress and they go to make a deal, they'll start off with the most just outrageous terms inside of a deal, inside of a bill. And people are going, this is crazy. Well, they always start there. And then they whittle their way down to what they really want, right? Oh, well, we gave up this, and we gave up that. We gave up this, and we gave up that, right? And this is what they do also with the World Economic Forum. They will start with the most egregious terms and conditions possible. And if people are willing to consent to it, then that's what they'll get. But if they somehow push back and don't, don't agree with what they're doing and um, there's a there's a visible resistance. Like, okay, okay, okay. 
we'll do something different, which I'll get to in a minute. But my feeling is, is that the reason why they will not be successful is because we were living in this inverted version of reality, which is defined by the sign of Aquarius, where things just don't work out the way that theoretically they set out to work out. So the case in point is the whole Paul Pelosi thing. Paul Pelosi was involved in something very weird with David DePape. David DePape um, was booked. He's got about, what, five or six counts. Elder abuse is one of them. Whatever. And he's theoretically going to stand trial. Okay. Now, how all that goes down, I don't think. Now, will they be able to try him? Before the 8th of November, eh, it's possible. I mean, in this world, if they want a speedy trial, trust me, they'll fucking fast track it. You talk to some of the people that are behind bars for January 6th, speedy trial? Mm. Yeah, we'll keep you here all the way through uh, Biden's uh, term. We won't get to your trial until until this term is over. They're really, that's what I think they're planning. Um, but here we are right up against it with the midterms, and all of a sudden, there's an implosion in the House of Pelosi. And they're refusing to give up the cameras that are there. They've got security cameras. Right. What, what would happen if they gave up the security cam footage and there's Paul Pelosi giving David the pape a hug? What would happen if that happened? Well, everything would go to hell in a hand. So they're not going to give that up. And you could FOIA, you could FOIA that away and you may not get it for six months. You know, way down the line after this thing has been theoretically resolved. But this is what I'm talking about. Do you think they planned that to happen just before the midterms? I don't think so. And to try to sell it, that that's all spin. Like, oh, he was gonna, he was going to kidnap Nancy and break her kneecaps. That's all spin. They're just trying to fit this event into a narrative that they've been working on for a while. It's just, it, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's very likely that Paul Pelosi and David DePape, DePape, however you, David DePope, uh, that they had in that moment a consensual relationship. And perhaps even prior to that moment, had had a consensual relationship. There's a theory that the Pape was trying to escape with his life, that Paul Pelosi was, was the guy that was using the hammer because they were both carted away for injuries. The Pape was injured. Now, you could say that the cops took him down. Look, I was arrested one time by the San Francisco cops, and they will lie through their fucking teeth. This is back in the 90s. They will lie through their fucking teeth. Cops will do that. If it comes down to their word versus your word on an arrest report, and I, I read my arrest report, 
And what went down with me and the cops back in the nineties, it was nothing like they, <laughs> it was nothing like what they, uh, what actually happened. And I am clear enough to know exactly what happened. So they will lie through their fucking teeth. Right. And their brotherhood and their union, and they will abide by their brotherhood and union, the brotherhood of the blue. But they didn't plan this so that they could spin it and use it as more anti-right, anti-Republican, anti-Christian vitriol. That didn't, ha- they didn't do that. That was, that was not on the play. That was not a page out of the playbook. And this is what I'm talking about, right? Just as we run up to the midterms, all hell breaks loose at, at that household. And if the truth were to come out and people are getting to this point now where they intuit and feel and instinctually know what happened. You don't, you don't need CNN. You don't need the New York times to tell you or to validate what you already have as a deep intuitive instinctual knowing you don't, you don't need them for that. It's there. It's inside of you. So that's one of the reasons why I believe that they will not be successful. It's because of a stupid, stupid shithead events like this that they cannot control. Do you think when they sat down and they were using their supercomputer, right? Their supercomputer, their quantum computer, their AI genie that game theories everything out to the final decimal, that it had somehow come up with Paul Pelosi going on a bender and getting involved in something high and weird and strange with David the Pape? I don't think so. I really don't think so. That's that one little moment of chaos that comes into the world and flips everything on its ear, right? And so this is the cycle we're in. Now, be forewarned, that if everybody looks at what Biden has done for the last two years and you think it's going to be a red wave and this is the world we're living in, what did I just say? What you think is going to happen, the inverse will usually happen. And there may be an incredible vote steal. I had this discussion with my mother the other night. And God bless her. She's like, you know, these people are going to be out of offices. I said, look, do you think that once they did what they did in 2020, that they would have any conscience whatsoever, any conscience whatsoever to not do it again and be even more egregious with it? And to her credit, she said, no, I I think they would do it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think they're going to watch their P's and Q's? So, okay, we'll, we'll save we'll save the ammo up for 2024. No. No, they've already told you who they are. And the they are the left and the right, by the way. Not everybody on the right. Maybe a small sliver on the left. But on the right, they'll, they'll dance to their tune, too. They don't want Trump back. And I'm sure Trump knew he wasn't coming back. That's the other part of this whole thing. And I, I just remember watching all those rallies with Trump, thinking this is a farewell tour. This is his farewell tour. 
this is him or whoever the him was at the time gaining all this adulation in that moment. And see you later. That's what it felt like. So don't be surprised if things don't go the way that everybody is predicting them to come Tuesday, Wednesday. May not happen. And then what happens after that? That is really the, that is where the rubber hits the road. What happens after the 8th of November? Nobody's going to be happy. The only, the only, uh, satisfactory result would be a 50-50. Right. And that the how that the Democrats still control the House and the Senate, but they lose some of their key people. That's the only satisfactory result. But the right won't like it. Now if some key Democrats lost their spots, maybe they would. I mean, I don't know if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is up for re-election. She might be, but if she lost her spot, it'd be like, oh look. We got one. AOC's gone. Okay, well, but if you don't control the house, what what's it what's it really matter, right? I mean, so there's a lot of different variables. It that's and that's the only one that keeps this country from completely imploding is kind of a status quo moment where some of the um, harlots of the left are removed. But on the right, people, lesser known lights, they're removed and everything kind of balances out. So you get some trophies. You can just put uh, AOC's big booty on the wall, right? That's your trophy. But if the right rampages and there is a red wave, then it's going to be... wild in the streets with the expectation that there's going to be a red wave on the red side and they blatantly cheat and blatantly steal and don't underestimate the potential for that. What do you think the right is going to do? They're going to lose their shit, right? This is, this is the loser shit election. And the only way they don't lose their shit is the 50, 50 split with, um, some trophies. The right gets a couple pelts. And they're somehow mollified. But I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. All right. I want to close the show a little bit here by talking about the on. This is a really big story and it is not going away. It, it is not going away. Now, you guys know I like to watch Jason Whitlock, and I would say 90% of the time, Jason's show is must-watch TV. Every now and then, you know, like his sports shows are kind of a clunker. And I know, I know the gals don't really dig the sports, so you could probably skip them. Um, I usually tune out halfway through Tennessee Harmony because I'm not really interested in what pastors have to say, especially a pastor that likes Jordan Peterson. Um and then even some of his regular shows every now and then will be like, oh, okay. But 90% of the time, it's must-watch TV. And yesterday was one of those moments. Because Jason went in hard on 
the whole Kyrie and Kanye controversy about being a Jew, what a Jew is, Jewish power, Jewish control. He went all in on this thing. And, and Jason is very good at indemnifying himself. And he basically said, Jesus was a Jew and I follow Jesus. So therefore I follow a Jew. To me, the greatest person that's ever come to this planet was a Jew. Now there's some debate about really who, who was who and what was what, but I understand where he's coming from. And then he laid this thing out. He laid it out with references and citing Wikipedia about uh, the, you know, the Jewish influence in the record industry. And I mean, it was irrefutable stuff. Like you can't refute it. You can't refute it. And then he had um, Delano on and Delano, this is not his area of strength, but he's still good. And then he had Royce White on and Royce White burned the studio down. I have never heard, and I like Royce, and every now and then he's 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 as nutty as a fruitcake at Christmas. But when he's on, he has the ability to bring things together in a conspiratorial way that is clear, articulate, and that's what he did. He dropped all the napalm last night on Jason's show. And he basically went in on the creation of the nation state of Israel, which happened in 1948, which is granted by the crown, right? He brought the crown into this whole discussion. He brought the head of Freemasonry on, on this round in this realm, on this planet. He named him. It is Prince Charles. Like he went all fucking in last night, all in. He connected Freemasonry. He connected what we would call the secular Jews. He went in on Tel Aviv as being the most gay city in the world. He went in on this woman. I forget her first name is Amy. I forget her last name. But she wrote an article on Tikkun, uh, in Tikkun, which is a, uh, uh, a publication devoted to Jewish art and culture. And she said that Jews are responsible for gay marriage. They're the ones that, that, you know, were the midwives of gay marriage, right? So he, they're bringing all this stuff up, but they're not bringing it up in a pejorative sense. They're, they're, they're actually citing sources. I'm like, okay, the cat is out of the bag. Now it is out of the bag and or the toothpaste is out of the tube, and you can't put it back. This is now part of the town square discussion. And Kanye West and uh, Kyrie Irving, and look, you go and look into their pictures, right? They're flashing some fucking Illuminati shit, okay? I am not here to dispute any of that. Kanye has, you know, the this and, you know, the... The this, I've got a coffee cup in my other hand. And even Kyrie has done the same thing, right? So are these people playing around with the, the symbols, the power, the influence? Are they on the inside? Are, are they here to um, 
become the heroes that we need when Albert Pike says, we'll provide you with your heroes. Is that what they are? I don't know. I think Kanye is trying to break through his program. I looked at his human design yesterday and Kanye is a one, three uh, investigative martyr and he's a projector and he only has one channel, one channel. It's the channel of surrender. I, I don't think Kanye West is playing a conscious role in doing what he's doing and tearing these things down. If anything, what he's trying to do is have a Britney Spears moment in his life. That's what I think about Kanye. He's an investigative martyr. That's what's going on. And he's a projector, right? So he's taking on other people's energies and he's splenic like myself. And I remember talking about this. He talked about, I just have this feeling like God is talking to me and I move on it. He's fuck. He's a fucking splenic projector. I know exactly how he operates, right? But the toothpaste is not coming back in the tube. And this is going to get very interesting. I mean, they really went in on Ben Shapiro yesterday. I mean, hardcore. Remember I said Ben Shapiro was going to have a very difficult eclipse. He, he is going through it now. So Jason's program is in Nashville. Fearless is in Nashville. It is being run and funded by Glenn Beck. And I'm thinking, what's Glenn Beck think about all this? Aside from that, the Daily Wire is also in Nashville. So they literally breathe the same air. And um, I highly recommend yesterday's show. And I, I've never seen anybody just bring the napalm like Royce White in that environment. And again, Royce White can be fucking nutty. Right. But when he's on, he is able to connect all these ideas in a very short period of time and do it with a sense of, well, fearlessness. All right. So a little tonic for the troops today. Okay. A little tonic for the troops. Ultimately, the plan is not going to work. I'm just telling you, I've gone inside. It may, it may work for a while. It, there, there may be a shoddy version of it, but ultimately this thing is not going to work. On the flip side, keep your antenna up for the things that you think are going to happen that won't happen in the way that you believe they're going to happen. And that goes right into the midterms next week. So keep your expectations at a reasonable place, but keep the light on. I'm Robert Phoenix. Use your head in so much real, your heart too. You say it when it's possible. Take care. Bye for now. Hopefully after a better night's sleep tomorrow, I'll see you then.